You're listening to an iFanboy special edition podcast, Luke Cage. Welcome to the much-anticipated special edition podcast focusing on the Netflix series Luke Cage, produced by Marvel Entertainment Studios folk. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Josh Finnegan. You sure you don't mean Mike Romo? Or <laughs> Oh my god, it's uh, Josh. It's just, All three of us are here to talk about a Netflix series, which I don't think has ever happened before, has it? And I think I finished it first. You did? Oh, you asked? Because what happened was, is that here's the arc, is that it came out... I started watching it. I made it about halfway through, and I said, hey, I'm about halfway through. And Connor says, I haven't even started, so I stopped. And <laughs> then, out of, then out of nowhere, Josh says, I finished. And I said, I didn't even know you started. So, uh, and then here we are. Then finally Connor finished, and now we're together. And we're going to be talking about the uh, the, the, the latest uh, installment in the Marvel Netflix direct-to-Netflix series, Luke Cage. Connor, who who's uh, you 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 got the you got the cast yeah. and crew rundown. What, yep. what what who do we need to know about? Well, oh wait wait before before we do that, spoiler warning. We're gonna talk about what happens in the show. You've clearly watched it already, and you just want to know what we think about it. But in case you haven't, you might want to press pause. Go spend thirteen hours watching television, and then come back. <laughs> so this is this is the fourth season in the third series of this Netflix deal. We'll have uh, Iron Fist next, and then followed by the Defenders uh, All Star Edition. Uh, but this is so. This we've had two seasons of Daredevil. We had Jessica Jones, and now we have Luke Cage. And yes. this series was created by Chio Hadare Coker, Ray Donovan, almost human, Southland. So he's got a pretty good TV career record as a producer. Right. Thirteen episodes. We first met Luke Cage back in Jessica Jones. He was a fairly prominent member of that series. One of our favorite things of that that series, I think, Ron. Oh, absolutely. And and, and I had. Like the whole time, I was thinking that this this took place before that, but well, later that, it turned out it didn't. It yes, didn't. yeah, that's right. one that's one of the things that this the that when we when we talk about uh, the criticisms of it was that it, it was, at least for me it was ha- the the when you start watching it it was hazy on where it was in the timeline because yeah you're right at first I'm like oh does this take place before he bartended at a bar in Hell's Kitchen but no no it's after so if it's after why doesn't he refer to the fact that he got blown up a couple of times and all <laughs> well because I mean I mean first of all it was literally exactly as it appeared in the timeline of all the other things so yeah they didn't you just happened to wonder if it was something else right yeah if and, someone and had it's not like he really talked thing. about himself all that much so <laughs> Did he own that like, bar or was he the bartender? He must have been the bartender because you I, I thought of him as the owner. I thought he owned the bar. Me yeah, too. so did I. But he clearly just walked away from it to go sweep floors at a barber shop. Well, he had to get out of the Tell's Kitchen because yeah, yeah. it was hot. It was hot there. So, so he's been, hot. It's too hot. 40 to 50 blocks north. <laughs> much, much cooler north of 125th Street. Mm-hmm. Mike Coulter, <laughs> Luke Cage, and I think. No, Connor. Yeah. The great, the great Mike Coulter. The great Mike give Coulter. him the respect. Yeah. So this. This series was rocky. Well, I mean, I'll just let's just jump right in. I thought of all the series so far, this was—I don't want to say the worst because I enjoyed watching it, but this was this was the least well done. Uh, however, I, I, however, I don't know. I, think, I disagree. Yeah. 
for, I, I think far and away it was it was the least well done. But however, I think this had one of the better casts of yeah, all this. Agreed. I thought they had some fantastic actors. Some I'd heard of, some I'd never heard of. I think Mike Coulter's the most compelling lead they have. Yep, by far. I absolutely. I was I was going to say of all the main characters, he was easily the most compelling. And in a way, I really think that he happened to. I don't know that any other thing that this has happened with. He actually, I think, helped cleared up what they were trying to do with Luke Cage in the comics for me. Like, I think he did it so well that he made those comics work better for me in retrospect. Oh, wow. Interesting. Well, he's got a whole, like, heroic but reluctant thing Mm -hmm. that I think Coulter played really well, but I don't think came across in the comics. But it was clearly being attempted. So when he was, like, in charge of the Avengers, you know— it was like somebody who's great had had greatness thrust upon them, but they weren't really seeking it. And they didn't really want it, but they knew that it was the thing they had to do. And I think that this encapsulated that better than, say, like like Bendis did in right. those comics, if that makes sense. He rides a really great line where he's tough. You have no doubt that he's tough, but he is, you also have no doubt that he's good. You also have no doubt that he will do what he has to do. Right. He plays. The, there's a lot of things going on with Luke, this Luke Cage and Mike Coulter. I mean, you, you, he looks like a nice guy, but he will also throw a truck through a building if he has to. Right. And he has an innate goodness about him. I think that's yeah. the reason well, why everyone, everyone's drawn to him. And, well, and, and he's immensely handsome. And he's super handsome. I mean, to, to give to give the full background to our listeners, uh, the, the, the love affair with Mike Coulter, Coulter began uh, for me and Connor uh, in, in his role as Lamont Bishop on The Good Wife, yes. where, where he was a handsome, handsome, handsome drug dealer. That's, that um, is such a comic book name. <laughs> you say Lamont Bishop, and I'm like, oh, that's a thug from Hell's Kitchen. Right, yeah. No, he, no, he was a very well-dressed uh, kingpin, but uh, he, he was fantastic in that. And and what's interesting is that like those are really the only two things I've seen him in. I know he's been in other stuff, but those are the only two things I've seen him in. And just to see the subtlety of which he played both those roles, yeah. it shows that he's he's the real deal. He's really good. And it, it makes me uh, lament the division between Marvel Studios, yes. between movies and tv because i would love to see him up on the big screen as luke cage next to chris evans you like that i i think that, i think he, he he could totally pull it off because i, I think that he is solid. overwhelmingly throughout this series yep. was that it's i was really annoyed that we would never see him in the avengers because yeah he's a great character he's a great actor he could no doubt hold his own in that group and yep. it's, it's just a bummer that there's that, that there's that dumbass uh turf war in marvel and which which also like you know and and i try not to read other critics and all this sort of stuff to see but 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 seeing some of the you know i did do i i was poking around to see what people thought of it and you know aside from the crazies over there which i'm not going to acknowledge you know there were folks who said that he was a weak part of the show and i was like what are you talking about like he he i mean to be the main character and be the guy in the you know, on the cover page of Netflix when they show it's him, you know, it's like he's it's he's the lead character and he's got to do yeah, everything. He carried it. I mean, he carried it like really well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you got you got the sense, like you said, like you said, just you got the sense of the reluctance. You got the sense of the responsibility. You got the sense of the um, he's a good man, you know, and you got the sense of the of him wanting to do the right thing but also wanting to just not be bothered because like just let me be me i'm not a hero he kept on saying that was a theme throughout the whole show was him you know the reluctant hero until he finally embraces it towards the end i don't uh, think it was i don't want to see this the line is i think it's, it's tough to explain it's not i don't want to be bothered it's right it's, it's almost it's, like it's not my place yeah 
and, and but like, then what, somebody what, has to stand, right. you know. And go, going back to what we were talking about with the timeline and and Connor with your with your comment about it being the worst of the show so far. Well, I, and I and I caveat of that worst makes it sound bad. I just think it was the least no, well put together. No, I, and I, 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 I and I interpret your comment by that by like a matter of inches, right? As opposed yeah, to yeah, I opposed mean, to I just think that that structurally it was had the most problems. Like it got really boring in the middle and we, well, we well that, that's a bigger issue. Well, the, well, before we get to that, what I was going to say was that, you know, the, the, the problem with where it took place and all stuff like that is that I feel like they introduced him in Jessica Jones and they gave us a touch of a backstory with this Reva, with his ex, with his dead wife. Right. Yeah. And you got, you got a sense of something and I thought that they would build upon that in this series, but instead they gave us something completely different, which I don't really feel the tight connection to him and Jessica Jones as I had hoped for. One of the things I didn't like about Luke Cage in this was that they took him away from being a Harlem native yeah, and made him from Georgia. One of the things about Luke Cage, the thing in the comics that makes him so powerful is he is the hero of Harlem, and he's a native son of Harlem. And this, was, this series was as much about this Marvel version of Harlem as than anything else. Yeah, but at the same time, like by the end of it, you know, like he he, he is. But it just that. for me, like the character, it's you know, it just I get that every character in Marvel came from New York, and they just they're trying to make the change that. But like, especially for Luke Cage, as the, as and, and and that neighborhood, it just felt like an odd choice to take away that origin for him. It wasn't right. a huge deal. I just something that irked me a slightly that didn't right. really take away from my enjoyment. So which which I which I I think this is fair. I think that Connor, you are right in terms of quality or evenness or whatever. But I, I will just—this was my favorite of this year of the shows. I had, I had a lot of fun watching it. When it worked, it really worked. I didn't finish Daredevil season two. Like I just right. stopped caring. Right. Well, um, and, and I th- and I think and, and I think that the issue with this series is the same issue with Daredevil season one and two, and with Jessica Jones, yes. and what we've talked about a lot, which is. In the way, in the story, the the manner of which they're telling these stories, thirteen episodes is too long. This one could have been six. We've said that about all of them. We've said that exact same line. This could have been eight or ten episodes. This could have been tighter. This could have been, you know, like, and there was just, you know, like it, it just, it, like when I would sit down and watch an episode, and the runtime would be an hour and five minutes, and I'm like, well, what, why? Like, it doesn't, you know, like. I, I, there was so much breathing room, and there was so much slowness, and honestly, repetitiveness. The the both the, the two major. So the the show really breaks up into two story arcs, yeah. and and both story arcs. There are at least two episodes in there that could have been one episode, where it's just the same thing happening over and over again. So let's let's break it down. So Luke Cage is is working in a barbershop and pops barbershop sweeping floors. He's also a dishwasher at a club in Harlem. Harlem's was it called harlem's paradise something like that harlem's romance harlem the club was run by cottonmouth uh, cornell stokes is a crime boss his cousin is a city councilwoman representing harlem and he gets caught up in cottonmouth's dealings and takes him out halfway through the series and then we switch over to diamondback who is his find out is his uh, half brother and once cottonmouth went away I, I, yep. I, I, my level of caring went way down i didn't think diamondback was at all a compelling villain well, and 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 it really, and it really, and I mean, and it was the kind of thing where the it was the ascension of Cottonmouth's cousin yep. sister, you know, Mariah, played you know, played by Alfred Woodward, right. her ascension as the as the villain. Yeah, but the Diamondback comes on, and he he was kind of over, way more over the top, and yeah. silly, and 
first of all, I think Mahershala Ali who plays Cottonmouth, who was probably going to be nominated for Academy Award this year for Moonlight. Yeah. Is a, is an amazing actor, and he, I, every time he's on the screen, it, you, I couldn't you know look away. And once he went away, you, you lose this gr- really strong piece of the cast. And nothing against Eric La Ray Harvey, who plays Diamondback, but it just wasn't as compelling to me as as the Cottonmouth character. I didn't like Cottonmouth that much. Like I liked the performance, but I just thought I don't know. There was something that that didn't quite click with me. I felt like he wasn't. I don't know. I think it was, maybe he was playing the line, uh, the sort of gray line, a little too closely. But I thought the same thing about Diamondback. Once he showed up, I was like, "What is?" This? It got really cartoony. Yeah. Well, it's so but when fun. he it's did so, show so... up. When he did show up, I that whole bit though with Alfre Woodard, I thought she got way more interesting when she crossed the yeah. line fully well, to the getting other side. Getting pushed into the full-on crime, like you know, up until that point, she could lie to she herself and say it. she wasn't yeah. a criminal. But I liked that part. Um, and then she had to cross the line, but I just felt like he was so cartoony. It's kind of like well, it's it's funny. It's funny that you say that because I actually well, I I kind of agree with you completely. I thought Cottonmouth was fantastic. I thought he was he was great as a villain and set up you know the, there and you had this dichotomy between Mariah who's trying to you know ref, not reform but renovate Harlem into you know to bring it into a another golden age and and the public policy aspect of it and meanwhile. While she's being funded by, you know, an underground crime, you know, that sort of thing. That that was really, really interesting. And I like the way they seeded Diamond back through the first six episodes as this yes. puppet master, this, you know, kind of a bigger problem. Talking about the villains on the aside, I, the dude who played, even though the name was stupid, but the Shades guy. Theo Rossi. He, Theo Rossi, fantastic. He I loved fantastic. him. I, I, He's great. I can see how people wouldn't like him, but I, I liked him a yeah. lot. He was yeah, the I only... Him. He was the only actor or character from Sons of Anarchy who I didn't completely hate. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought he was great, but then the then the, so then they dis, they dispose of Cottonmouth, and I was annoyed at that. I was surprised. I was like, whatever. My guard. We'll see where it goes. Then they introduced Diamondback, and I love the actor who plays Diamondback. He was Josh. Do you remember him in uh, in Boardwalk Empire? Oh, yep. Yeah. He, he, yeah. Yep, he, yep, he was. Yep, per- yep. Pernsley, Pernsley in, in Boardwalk Empire. He's fantastic. And then I was like, all right, cool. Now we're going to get at it. And then it just becomes, I'm secretly your half-brother and I hate you because my dad, our dad liked you better. And I was like, oh, come on. Like yeah. I wanted, the, I wanted the, big, the big story play to be about Harlem, not about shitty revenge. And also, you mentioned that they spent the whole first half talking about this shadowy figure in the background that Shades worked for. Yep. Diamondback, and I thought, oh, this guy's gonna, this is interesting. Maybe they're setting up the next season, or whoever this guy is, he's gonna be a badass. And he shows up, you're just like, so it's this guy? Yeah. Like it didn't, he didn't really fulfill the mythos of this super and, scary and crime boss that everyone would hear his name and get, you know, you know, well, hop right. to it. And it was just After, kind of like, and, that, and that's and that's the thing is that the combina- the combination of his portrayal of just conversations with people the way the actor just carried himself and then you factor in the which i thought was you know we there you know everyone's all about the easter eggs and all the crap but i thought that was a nice little nod to have him have access to hammer technology which is sam rockwell's character in iron man 2 yep so you had a little idea of a little more oomph behind it right in terms of weaponry it just fell short because it, i want like if he wanted to he wants to control harlem then yes you got it you know, but it's not just that you know, Daddy liked you better. Like that just it was it was so disappointing. I agree. Yep, I agree. Well, also you had, I mean, the high bar for 
for these things in terms of villains was, you know, originally Vincent D'Onofrio, who was, I think, the best part of Daredevil. And then after that, David Tennant came along. And so this after that was like, eh. Yeah. You know, David, <laughs> David, David Tennant, you mean Jessica? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, that, he was like, if he wasn't in, you know, Jessica Jones, I don't, you know, I, I don't yeah. think I would have made it. Yeah. <laughs> They, you know, it's, it's, they have the opposite thing here where yes. we've said in the Marvel movies the villain's usually the weakest point, but in these shows, they, they actually have done a really good job cultivating interesting villains. Uh, or yep. at least really great I, actors to play those interesting villains. And, and yeah, and I think I think that, yeah, I think that, yeah, that's a really good point because, Den- you know, D'Onofrio is great, Tennant has been great, you know, even Bernthal as, as Punisher was interesting. But then, you know, but this, like, I feel like there was a wealth of villains in this. And it just and you know and you had so much you know you even had uh, Misty oh speaking of portrayals the woman who plays Misty Knight who I thought I thought she was great yeah Simone Missick this was borderline a sec- secretly it could have been Luke and Misty because that's how good she was and that's how strong she was as a character which I did I didn't expect but I liked how they had uh, what's his name from Pulp Fiction as the as the dirty cop that worked with her Frank Wally yeah yeah I thought I mean that it was just there was a wealth of danger. Up until it got comical, right around the eighth or ninth episode, when you find out really what's going on, which is just kind of sad. Why did Diamondback wear that helmet? I, I well, that's, that's the thing. The I, comics. I, yeah, I love that. that I, was I was great googling fans. pictures of Diamondback, and all I saw was him wearing the shirt, the ribbed shirt. Yeah. But I didn't see any pictures of him in a helmet, any drawings of the oh. helmet. I thought the helmet was great. I thought the I thought Diamondback's costume at the end was awesome because it was a <laughs> nod to the comics, and but it also made sense because. Because it was the hammer technology, and that made him strong. And like I, I thought all that weaving together was was great. I like that. All right, so let's talk about some of the things we really liked. You just mentioned Misty Knight was great, Shades. But for me, I would have been totally fine if the show had just been in Pops Barbershop. Yes, agreed. <laughs> if yep. we just hung out at Pops, the old guys were playing chess. Pops doled out wisdom. The dude with the goatee, who was also in the Get Down, who was also in Mr. Robot, that guy is, is very quickly becoming one of my favorite character actors. Ron Cephas Jones or something he's like fantastic. that. He's, all, he's in the, the story of us, too. Yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. This yeah, is us. Awesome. Uh, yeah. This is us. That, yeah, I keep yeah, saying he's, it. He's the father, and this is us. He's I great. know, but it, like, you can't tell it's the same guy. And no. that's why I was like, oh, he's really good. Yeah. Yeah, He's and those first couple episodes where they just sort of hang out and pops and you know pops would dole out wisdom and then there would be trouble and pops would talk him down and then you know luke would defer to i just thought pops was great i thought the whole environment was great when and i was genuinely moved when pops was killed i was like no no i thought they did that too soon to be honest with you i did too because i loved it so much but then again that's the point well no yeah it really had power and it really like i was really bummed but i but like and i know that that's what moved things forward but it was one of those things where i like like with cottonmouth i was mad that it happened so quickly that's good though. That means it worked. Yeah, yeah. Because if you if it had actually happened too quickly, you wouldn't have cared. Right. So, I mean, I think just with the, that that point of the barbershop of the this show actually felt different than the other ones because it felt like it was actually in a different place, coming from a different perspective than my own. Mm-hmm. You know, the obvious thing being it's a story about you know a black neighborhood and black characters by a black showrunner. Yeah. And those characters were given their point of view, and it did not feel like uh, you know like white people writing it. I guess if that it felt makes very sense. authentic, which to me, which because even like some of it, I was like, oh, that's not really my sense of humor, and and that's I was to me that's interesting. I, I mean, like it's it's it was it just made it more interesting than the other shows were to a certain extent, which were written by nerds I know. You know what I mean? Not yeah. not specifically, but just people like I know. So this felt like fresher to me in that instance. 
So are we talking about things we like? Because I can tell yep. you the moment where I decided it was my favorite. Sure. <laughs> when, when Luke Cage met Method Man in the store. Oh, that, that was, was the, the best worst. scene in the entire series. That was the best that was scene the worst. in the whole movie. That was the best scene. I was, that was, was the best scene in the entire movie. I was literally just, just, just explaining that at dinner, and I was saying it was like bad 70s celebrity oh. cameo. No, it was, no, it was no, so not cringy. at all. Not so at all. Cringy. No, are you, it was the best scene are you, in the whole series. They both had mutual admiration for each other. Uh, it was so cringy. Kilo style was, was my joint. Yeah, that was, that was, was really – really it, it set up that Harlem's a sort of a small town. Yeah, and then they doubled down by having him do a full rap about him. Which, which should have been cheesy, but I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would have been fine. I was fine with the radio bit and the rap. It was just that moment of, of you know, when Luke, like where it stopped, it put a halt to what was going on. And then he's all smiles and like, then the, you know, the pillow was my jam, whatever. And then, and then he's like, you know, and it goes back to the phone. It was, I literally just rewatched yep. it before the show. And I was like, this is, this is like, it's bad 70s sitcom cameo. That was the best fun. scene in the entire Luke. series by far. I immediately texted you guys saying that. It was yeah. Luke Cage is a bad seven. Like that's where it comes from. Yeah. I mean, that's what this was. It was it was almost black exploitation. No, so but that's this, this, no. This there's was a difference. Modern black exploitation. There's a di- yeah. There's a no. I'm not. I'm not saying scene, it was like black exploitation. I'm the, saying it was like I'm saying it was like a goddamn episode of The Love Boat. You I know, know. I like that's that's that. what it seemed like. Not like black exploitation at all, Josh. No, I'm like, saying, but it, like black exploitation comes out of that same era, is what I'm saying. So, if I don't know, I didn't. It didn't bother me in the least. I laughed because it, it instantly like. One of those things about Luke Cage because he's so taciturn, he doesn't say anything. Right. But to have like his personality show up, be like, oh, I really like your stuff. Like, and they were both like, and they were also saying like how they were both mutually admiration, you know, mutual admiration of each other. I, I just I thought it was great. It was you know it was fun for me. It was it was yeah. the best scene. No, it, it, was it, it was the most felt the most natural. You actually got Luke dropped his guard for a second, mm-hmm. and it showed that the neighborhood that they always talked about throughout the show that Harlem was a small sort of small town that everyone knew each other and watched each other's backs. Even if they were, even if you were famous, it totally worked for me in that sense. I loved it. Okay. I thought it was fantastic. Right. You were wrong. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> once again, once again, Rosario Dawson acts as if she is the greatest actor on the screen. <laughs> I, do, I don't, I don't know if she's good or bad because I right. love her. Exactly, exactly. And like every time she's in something and someone has to fall in love with her, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Now that's said, <laughs> so though, that, how that, do you that, go? How do you go from this? To does like does he actually end up with Jessica Jones now? Because well, cause, yeah, because that's the thing. The one thing that I because yeah, at, at any was, given yeah. at any given point throughout these thirteen throughout in our in our time of knowing Luke Cage in the Mar, in these Marvel TV, you know he it, we know about him and Jessica Jones from the comics, so we expect that to be a thing. But then we know that he was he was married to this to this Reva woman who we got very little about, which is very disappointing in my mind. And then he hooks up with Misty. He you know has this several episodes of chemistry with Rosario Dawson's character who's I don't even know whose character name I don't even Claire. remember Claire right so it's just like it's just like wow and like the thing is he's very handsome and so I, I'm not surprised but it's <laughs> it, it does it does it did feel a little weird coming if this was a prequel it would have made sense but coming off of his romance with Jessica and it's not to say people don't stop one romance and start another one but yeah. The fact that she wasn't ever even referenced. Um, yeah. They just went through this entire thing. He tried to kill her when he was under yeah. the sway of the Purple Man. And, you know, you, you think it'd be fairly traumatic that he was involved with this woman and he almost murdered her. And it wasn't yeah. even... And, re- and 
I get they wanted it this to be standing on its own as a Luke Cage series. But they had, but they, but they, but they referenced it too in the series. I mean, one episode had Trish doing her radio show. Um, at Which one was, point, that was the when, worst part. That was a low point of yeah, the. That was a. Low that point. was the low point of the series. That radio show clip where the dialogue yeah. was terrible. The the line readings were terrible. That was the worst. So yeah, so that they had that, and then there was a couple times where they referenced they like, and then there was that crazy person who who you know like yes. they 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 referenced it, so it, it you know it happened, but to have him never acknowledge it, much less to to Claire who was in it. But even that, yeah, that, that is, was, you think he would be a little haunted by it. He's haunted by so much else in this series that the fact that he tried to try to kill someone he was involved with, not too you assume not too long ago, if they're all still talking about those events, yeah. you think that would have affected him. I mean, again. I can see it. Fine, they want to make this a Luke Cage show. They don't want. They don't want to have anyone else in it. But he was so involved in her story. Yep. And it was odd to me that that she was never even referenced uh, specifically by him in the, in this whole ordeal. Because what you're right. That what was, happens now? He goes. That was just know, one weekend for him. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing that happened once, like five years ago. It was a weird weekend, but yeah. <laughs> listen, I don't like to talk about it. My weekend in Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> yeah. And so when they get, well, so it'll be interesting when they get back together for Defenders or whatever happens. Um, yeah. Not, what, what that and, and, consequence will be there. And I fully, fully expect Clara to show up in Iron Fist. Then she's like, she's like the the she's, Netflix shows uh, Coulson. Coulson. Yeah. yeah, she's Coulson, right? I'll take but, that um, every day. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it, but it was interesting because like the 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 weaving in of the greater Marvel <laughs> universe and how much is it going to tie into the the other shows and the movies? You know, like if Clara says one more time, "I know a good lawyer," like right. I was like, okay, we get well, it. Then you call know? him for but, God's sakes. Yeah, exactly. And then and then they're still they're still referencing the incident right and then like all this you know the, the the old references to the avengers which i understand that was a big deal and almost destroyed the city so i'm sure that would have resonance but then there were times where where it does work like i mentioned like with the with the, ref, the hammer technology and and with the you know little throwaway comments about the you know about the villains in daredevil you know with, with the the chinese have their own thing going on downtown and right. you know like you know, so it's like it's it's an it's an interesting balancing act, which I think that this time around was was not as distracting and felt more immersive. And I think it's it also the most with, of them. I think they had the most. Yeah. I feel like this is yeah. the most times things were referenced in, in any of these shows. There was a certain point where they were actually making so many references that they were like pop culture references and stuff yeah. that like start like was, was knowing me at first, and then by the end I was like, all right, that's what we're doing here, and yeah. it didn't bother me anymore. So. You know that that's by the time they did you know Luke Cage in the seventies look. You know, <laughs> what do we oh, think that of that? Was, that was oh that that reminds me that was my thing. I thought the Luke Cage in the seventies look was fine because what that does is that gives the gives the nerds what they want. It's a funny little moment and then move on, right? Like that that was almost the perfect way to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. What, what annoyed me was that we went about eight episodes of everything being fine and normal. And then for some reason from episode eight until the end, uh, he's going to say sweet Christmas every 30 seconds. And you know what? The, the time it felt the most natural and it worked the best was with, with Method Man. That was the <laughs> only time I thought sweet Christmas Fucking felt a. like he ac- it actually made sense that he, he said sweet Christmas. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're, you're right. When he said it, I bought it. But he said it a lot towards the end, right? Uh, oh, he did. He said it a lot. You know what's interesting about that is every time he said it, I had to weigh whether it, it whether it worked, and yeah. most of the time it didn't. I was like, I don't I don't hear him saying it. And yep. Connor's right; it was when he said it to Methvin. I was like, I already sold it there. <laughs> yes, he did. It was the only time. That's right. He's right. I but I look. I really I, I I had fun with it. My biggest problems were that I was really into the first like five or whatever, and then once Cottonmouth went away, I thought it got really choppy. 
It took two episodes. Wait, he loses his powers, or he gets shot with the the Judas bullet, which tunnels into his skin, and then. Yeah. Um, so I thought he only had, like, impenetrable skin, but it, they they made it sound like his whole innards were super strong. Well, so the skin the, the skin thing falls apart quickly, <laughs> right. as we've learned in our podcast talking about powers. Like they had to be like that doesn't make any sense. Um, right? Yeah, no, like, it's it it's all of his cells. Yeah, two which, which I thought they, of, to, to get his they, powers back, and then. Meanwhile, you you know Diamondbacks running around being cartoonish. That to me, it was the, the middle third was really rough. And so well, he was dying for like two or three episodes right. or something. Yep. Limping, limping around. Oh, and and oh, so yeah, the limping around the city in the in the bullet hole, like the bullet hole hoodie look got old very quickly. Um, which also again. Much like both both seasons of both seasons of Daredevil and now this, can we have another? display of the superpowers without having the hero have to walk through a building and get attacked by 30 guys. Nope. Like they, they did it. Like they did it again. It was the same that like, it was that it was that great scene in daredevil season one that we loved when he was tired. Remember in the hallway and that was great. And then they did it again in daredevil. And then now they did, they did it again when he, when Dude. he went, broke into the building to get the, you know, the safe, whatever, you know, um, what it is I, and who they're selling it to. I mean, this is what you want. This is the solo right after the second verse. In yeah. every rock song it's also ever, their, it's also their trademark now. It, the yeah, first one right, got yeah. so much attention that they they're doing it. They do it with every. It's fine. But just get some get some creativity about it. Make it give it give it something to be unique and different as opposed to just the same thing. I don't know. The other thing I was gonna say was that I thought that the yeah I, I agree with you. The middle part was where it dragged the most, where it slogged the most. Most, but what I thought was interesting about this was that the ending was really weird. I thought, and, and not in a bad way, but just basically, if you look at the, we had the big, sh- you know, f- sh- you know, um, showdown with Diamondback, and that ended fairly quickly, and there was still a lot of show left to go, and you had a lot of kind of wrap up, like when he goes to the police and explains everything and explains it all out. I love and, that because and, and, they were like, "You're good to go now. We're fine." And then the yeah. feds show up. Like the police yeah. were just ready to be like, "No, it's fine." And I was like, "I yeah. don't think it works." That way. <laughs> You still threw the cop into the windshield. I don't care what your reasoning was. That still has to be dealt with. Yeah. And then ostensibly, you know, Alfred Woodard gets away. Like the villain didn't get – the loud, bombastic villain got dealt with. But the real – like the real villain of Mariah, she got she got off scot-free. Like well, that's a lesson was, in that, Ron. Yeah, I know. Always yeah. be the quiet guy in the background. <laughs> but also, you know, they have, they have to set these all up now for, for further seasons. I don't know that they knew – with Daredevil, they do more of these, per yeah. per hero. I mean, not just you know in general. And so now they right. have to sort of. It was very weird, and if, uh, but I I kind of dug that it was weird. Uh, me too. Yeah, I liked it. I liked that it wasn't like every other one. Like yeah, I thought I thought the the ending was unique enough to that because it was different. I liked that Luke was always reading. I liked that it ended with him bonding with the, with the Marshal about the books he was reading. Yep. I thought that was a nice. I mean, that's a comics thing, but that's a nice touch to have run throughout the series. Yep. I think Luke was a, is, a, is a great character, and yep. they really he's he's a fantastic character on the show. Agriculture really did a great job of bringing him to life, and like you and you believe the, you know like they sold the importance of pops and the neighborhood and doing the right thing and all that you know and that sort of thing and then you and then i will say like you know a lot of times i don't love flashbacks you know and but we got the you know the 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 necessary flashback of luke in prison with the worst wig and beard (laughs) fake beard ever that's great (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know it was him. I was like, why are we – is this his father? And then after all, I was like, oh, no, it's actually him because yeah. mom's the schemer was there, which was awesome. Yeah. 
But then, um, but then I th- I really liked the flashbacks about Cottonmouth and Mariah because it gave them yes. depth and understanding of where they came from and who they were, and that and made it that much worse when Cottonmouth died, you know? Because I'm like, oh, I really really liked him. I did too. Yeah. I also really liked the music. I love the music. The music was great, not just the performers in the club, but they were all fantastic, and that was one of the things I missed that, that went away halfway through, kind of, although it popped up a little bit once Mariah took over the club. Yeah, it came up at the end again. Yeah, that that band. I also liked. I liked the use of the score. I know that pe- some people graded on them, but to me, it was the black exploitation tribute to have sort of a very prominent score behind some of the more. It didn't work all the time. There was one conversation. I think it was at the end when Luke was fighting Cottonmouth when he tried to talk to him, tried to reason with him. They had a very prominent music behind him. I thought that didn't necessarily work, but for the most part, I thought yeah. the music really worked on the show. And the, the performances, the club performances were awesome. All. all Uniform. Well, I, I think that that was the one thing that, like, when I was talking about it, was that separated this from the other ones, made it different, that made it more interesting, was that it just, it didn't feel like, and I'm guessing a big part of that was the sound. It did not sound like, cause, you know, every other Marvel thing sounds like every other Marvel thing, and this is the, this one was different. Yeah, it, it really had the identity of the neighborhood and of, of you know, like, it, it felt, you felt like you were there the whole time for the right reasons. And it was, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it worked. You know, I, of course, I, you know, I'm not a big hip hop fan and I don't, you know, I couldn't tell you what the songs that were used, you know, what they were, but they didn't get in the way, which is the right thing to do. It was, uh, it was, it was good. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, it, I've, I've really enjoyed all these. So when I can say this was the least good, I can... That doesn't mean it was terrible because I did. I have really liked all of them, but I look forward to more Luke Cage. I look forward to him hope, maybe showing up in Iron Fist. I look forward to him in the Defenders. I look forward to hopefully another series of Luke Cage, more Michael Coulter as Luke Cage. I, I hope that Kevin Feige comes to a census and says, okay, maybe we can have some of these guys appear in the movies because they're they're too good not to. But probably won't happen. But uh, yeah. It's too bad. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if if anything, I mean, like, and we've seen the teaser for Iron Fist, which I which I I think looked fine. You know, like I'm gonna watch it, and then I'll be excited to see what they do with the Defenders, and they put them all together, and and you know, they've got a nice little thing going here with these Netflix shows. I just, you know, a think that you know the 13 episode is too long again. And B, and we've talked about this, and we rant on it. It's just that I I hate the drop them all at once. I I would have I think I even I would even go as far to say that I would swallow the 13 episodes a bit better if it was released weekly, you know. But the fact that you're watching them three, four, five at a time because you you know because the whole binge watching you know kind of you know because well, people approach. start yelling at you if you haven't. And I realize I've yeah. done, I've done that mockingly to Josh, but that's just 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 me mocking him but you know like i this dropped and i had to immediately go on a work trip for a week so i couldn't even touch i couldn't touch touch it for seven days i think that it really well a i think it's too much oh wait josh hasn't been here for this conversation really no he hasn't i haven't i think it's too much for a couple of reasons like that show comes out and uh like in terms of sort of social media or zeitgeist or people sort of just talking about something while it's happening, people talk about it for about five days. And then they, they stop. Yeah. And those are the people who have time to watch 13 of them right away. And then it, it like it doesn't it doesn't have a chance to hook you because the next week and it's not necessarily just Marvel, but like I keep turning on Netflix and like there's a new show at least every week. And I just am like at a certain well, there's point. There's too much. There's too, That's yeah, their there's goal. Their goal is to have new content, new, a new series. I, I know, but like I, uh, it makes it too hard. It. But you're right. To me, the biggest head scratcher, and it's not Netflix's problem. They don't give a shit. Is that it doesn't have a chance to build up in the zeitgeist. 
people talk yeah. about it for 10 days and then they move they move on to whatever's next and so it becomes really special it's i mean it's opening weekend mentality really yeah. it becomes really special for a week tops and then it goes and away fades, fades away yeah you know and and if you think about this we sound like old people again but you know star wars is star wars because it was just there it built for, for two for, years right you know and then that never happens again with this constant look over here now look here now look here now look here and to me yeah. what's what's funny is that every week somebody reacts like it's star wars and then no one talks about it anymore and so i get really i get like i, I get disinterested in stuff because i know that it's just the new shiny thing and it also be becomes one, a so contest who can watch the most the quickest and I yeah, hate, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just like it's not about enjoying. It's about well, I've already watched eight. Well, congratulations. I don't have eight uh, eight free hours on Friday. I think if they released it weekly, it would be something that keeps people talk, keeps people on edge, and the cliffhangers would be that much more cliffhangery. Yeah. And I I don't think I would notice the problems with the pacing and with the you know not being as tight. That's just me though. No, I agree with you. I totally one hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. I think I yeah. talked about last on one of our previous shows that you never would have had a show like the Jinx happen culturally if they'd all just put the episodes out together and we moved on after two days. It just it doesn't have a chance to build up interest. People don't get to talk about it, and then you know. But uh, that's the way of the world. All right. So ratings, ratings. <laughs> Do we rate these? No, we don't no. rate these. No. Oh. <laughs> Are you gonna stick with it? Uh, <laughs> I, look, it's 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 enjoyable. It's got it's got problems. I, I thought it was probably also the worst written, but that's another. I mean, it's that's subjective. But it's got a great cast who really sell it. So yep. that's if I think if you don't have this, I mean, this, this I'm looking at the list of Luke Cage, Misty Knight, Shades, Mariah, Claire, Bobby Fish. Yep. I mean, the, Cottonmouth. I mean, these are all fantastic actors. Yep. And uh, they really sell it. They really sell it. The, yeah, the the, ca- the cast was the, by far the strongest aspect of the show. Yes. And uh, but I will say that I will thank them for having a less annoying, opening. repetitive opening credit as the pre- other shows I dug previously. The and yep. I would really just like Netflix just to give me a skip credits button or something because, ugh. It skips if there's no opening, if there's no cold open scene. It, right. It skips, yeah. It, it skips they the did. Credits. They did that a couple of times, like, yeah. and it was mainly the episodes that ended with a cliffhanger where the next episode picked up. Yeah. But then, then you do go to another episode, and there it is, it's back again. Ugh. Well, so, so for all in all, I'm hearing mostly thumbs up with some complaints. I I enjoyed it enough that I didn't have nitpicks about it. I was like, it's fine, you know, it's good, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, it was it was my problems aside. I I, I had a lot of fun watching it. And the cast cast is great. It's worth watching. Yep. All right, cool. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for Luke Cage. Uh, we hope the wait was worth it. And then we'll be back here in February for Iron Fist, right? I believe it's around there, yeah. Yeah, it's around February, yeah. So, uh, I need to confirm or deny my presence at that. Yeah, well, we'll <laughs> see. All right, so uh, in the meantime, go to ifanboy.com where you can comment on this podcast and you can uh, tell people what you thought of Luke Cage, uh, what you thought worked, what you thought didn't. We want to hear from you there. And uh, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. We often take those emails on our regular show, which you can hear every Sunday. comes out every Sunday where we're talking about the latest in comics and other fun stuff. So until next time, I'm going to wish you a sweet Christmas. And uh, I'm Ron. (laughs) I don't think that's the way you're supposed to use that. He should have done it that way, though. Yeah, I, I wish you a sweet Christmas, sir. <laughs> Every, and everybody just gets mad. That's not that's not the right usage at all. It's April. <laughs>
dem Herrn. 